We are glad to have the Sparkle Twins back as sponsors for Season 3. Sharice and Sharicia Williams are identical twin sopranos from Brooklyn, New York. Their business offers mouth masks to protect you from unwanted germs and conversations. With cute phrases like, yes, I am an opera singer. And no, I will not sing for you. Check out their shop at www.sopranotwins.com shop. Welcome to My So-Called Opera Life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower, and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, we'll explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life, humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works. Each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so-called opera lives. Well, I'm so excited that we're starting season three. We are back, people. Yay! We're so much more with our shit put together than ever before, which is amazing. It's almost <laughs> like we've adjusted to being in a pandemic hellscape. <laughs> it's not not exactly the kind of thing I want to be used to, but alas. <laughs> I wish I had something pithy to say and I just don't. <laughs> We are very excited to introduce the first interview of season three with Jordan Weatherstone Pitts from Yak Tracker. Also known as Yak Mom. Yes, our Yak Mom. He came on the podcast and we had an amazing time. Really, he's so nice, right? So nice, so funny, and just, I don't know, we were vibing real hard. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, we are very excited to share our interview with him He talked a lot about like the journey of Yak Tracker and I really was interested in hearing that. Like, how did this all begin? You know? Right. How did it all begin? And, you know, interesting. I feel like we met a kindred spirit in the sense of like, he was just like, figuring out how to make this career work is such a shit show sometimes. And so how do I make this easier for other people, which is how we started this podcast it was exactly nice to meet another fellow advocate it was so nice and like he clearly has made an impact on our community with thousands of people in his facebook so if you're not a member by the way on this is a facebook community for singers it's very supportive group of people and he really does a fabulous job of just being very inviting and welcoming and supportive and and creating that environment which not always the case on those Facebook groups. Nope. And not to be confused with Yap Tracker with a P, uh, but this is Yak Tracker, Y-A-C, Young Artist Community Tracker. Yes. And he has a lot of things in in the works for the future, which I think is amazing. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing all the things that he can, you know, do to help create some more community in an industry that wants us all to be at each other's throats, which doesn't really help anybody at all. Yeah. And I'm excited for the potential of a new way to find out about upcoming auditions and not having to get on Yap Tracker ever again. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I still haven't renewed my subscription. Yay. For anyone yeah. following along at home. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Uh, well, without further ado, here we go. All right. So Jordan, we're so happy to have you on the podcast. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Jordan Weatherson Pitts. I'm a tenor. <laughs> I live in New York. Been here for about seven years. I'm from Buffalo, New York. I do a lot of like, you know, big romantic stuff, the fuller lyric repertoire, if you will. I do a lot of things online. <laughs> I run an independent group on Facebook called Yak Tracker. Everybody knows Yap Tracker, run by Julie Barron. But I run Yak Tracker, which is a young artist community tracker instead of young artist program tracker. And that is a sort of like ongoing project. We have a lot of plans for the future. It's really just me. I'm trying to develop a team. What else? Yeah. I mean, 
I'm 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. No pets. Like, you know, I, I live alone. It's great. Yeah. And are you, and you're, you said you're in Manhattan now? Yeah, I live in Harlem. Okay, cool. Awesome. Nice. We love the Yak Tracker community, like always on there, always getting good tips and information. So what made you want to start that? Thanks so much. Yeah, Yak Tracker started because I was, well, a couple of things. I had a really horrible couple of years, my first couple of years in New York, uh, for many reasons. One of those, one of the big reasons was, you know, I got offered to be a part of a really major young artist program and couldn't go because I was living on my own. I wasn't receiving really help. I mean, my parents help me when they can, but I really have always had my own jobs, done my own thing, been very, you know, independent. Even, even in school, you know, like even in undergrad, I always had a job, you know, in grad school, especially I had a job. So I, I really was struggling really hard and I could not go to this young artist program because I could not afford it. I knew that I was going to be for a lack of a better term, like fucking myself over. So yeah. of course, like running the audition circuit for almost like four or five years without stopping and not getting anywhere. And then finally getting a job and realizing like, okay, you know, you chase this carrot for so long and then you get there and it's like, you can't even participate because of resources, because of the realities of your life started to make me really feel a lot of emotions especially about like people that have much less than I do, you know, and people that lack the resources to even get their foot in the door in the first place. Mind you, I was spending just like all of us, you know, several thousand dollars a year out of the money that I wasn't really making <laughs> to even apply to things and, you know, forget about lesson, lessons and coaching and all those kinds of things. So I decided, this was in 2017, I decided that I wanted to create a website that was a little bit like Reddit in the sense of like, you know, it was like a listserv. You kind of like put things up. You can, people can leave reviews about different programs they've been to. The biggest thing I wanted was transparency because I felt very stiffed over, right? I mm -hmm. felt very stiffed over by the situation I had gone through just like the year before and realizing that like, you know, I did not know how much young artists made. I did not know who was, who was getting into these programs, what these people looked like. You know, I, realized very quickly, a lot of them were like, the majority of them were white. <laughs> the majority of them were affluent in their sort of upbringing in general. And I didn't fit that mm -hmm. model. And that was like even more fire, right? I put together this website that did not do well. So it started off just kind of, you know, it was still called Yak Tracker. It was just like, you know, something I made up on Squarespace. I didn't really know any of the, like the functionalities or anything. And it didn't really do well. People did, I get, send it to a couple people. I shared it on Facebook. And then finally, you know, a friend of mine was just like, why don't you just make a Facebook group? Like, you know, the new, new forum and all those people, like people are on Facebook, like they, you know, they want places information. I was worried about like privacy, those kinds of things. So, right. But right. I, the website wasn't doing well, so I deleted it, and I just started the Facebook group, and that was in 2018. 2018. Yeah, very slow for a long time. I had to shut it down once, and then I reopened it back up again in 2019. So, and then it, now it's become what it is. So yeah. A bit of a journey. Like 3,000 members, right? 3,000 members, and there would, and I always say <laughs> there would be a ton more, but I'm very particular about people that I let in. I, I know that people, people everywhere have answered the group questions, which I take very seriously. Mm -hmm. And if people don't fill those out, they don't get in flat out. Attention to detail is important. So yeah. Right. So there's that. And then also, you know, plenty of young artists, administrators and people like that, you know, try to get themselves in. And it's like, I research everybody. I research every single person in the group. So I know, yeah. I know who everybody is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so no yeah that's great it's so interesting too because i think it's it's really proven to be a really valuable place for singers to go and which is not the case for every facebook group and i think it's good to to hear that too for listeners because it's not just like oh just start a facebook group and just get all the answers you want to get and that's it it's 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 a it's something you cultivate and and it's cool it's cool that you put the energy and time into doing that and that's why we're here. Transparency, Marcel and I, it's, it's all we like care about, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, that, that heartens me because that's exactly what I wanted. You know, my vision for Yak Tracker was really just a place to share information transparently. 
no matter what that information was, I, I am no holds bars because I, I want people to feel comfortable. The sort of, you know, overarching trend I feel amongst young artists and amongst opera singers in general, but particularly young artists, is this fear of being blacklisted, this fear of being somehow like, mm-hmm. you know, like cast aside just because of being, just because, just for being a human being, like just for wanting to know information and needing to feel secure, like, I mean, which like, there are levels to that. And right. Right. <laughs> I get messages today about Glimmerglass and I'm like, I am not an official resource for Glimmerglass. Like, <laughs> exactly Glimmerglass, you know, so, but people need to feel secure. People need information to be shared really about many, many, many things. And whether that's, you know, sexual abuse, trigger warning, sorry, sexual abuse, those, you know, racism, those kinds of things that happen at programs that nobody wants to talk about in the open. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, finances, things that people are bound contractually to not talk about while they're in programs mm-hmm. or that they might feel uncomfortable about. So that was like the impetus. Um, yeah. and I'm glad that people find it useful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. And it's so, it's crazy that we have these doubts as singers. Like, and I, I wonder, like, you know, having seen all that come through the site, you know, you post a lot of anonymous posts, it must be tough. It must be tough. It was extremely difficult. I am backlogged currently. There's a lot of things I need to put out. Again, I have my own life. I have a I have a day job right now at the Met Museum. I run the social media for the Met members Instagram, you know, and cool. membership in general at the Met Museum. And I work in direct marketing. So that's like a big chunk of my time. I've started, you know, right before COVID. I've been very blessed to have that job through COVID and get my own place in Harlem. So that takes a lot of my time before, you know, Yak Tracker, obviously I was like, I was singing, I was traveling. So I had time to kind of like check my, check Facebook throughout the day. Nowadays, it's a little bit more difficult. And Yak Tracker is the sort of like gift that keeps on giving to my schedule. (laughs) 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 I'm trying my best to like keep up with everything, but definitely there are a lot of anonymous posts that come in that I am just like, shocked by I mean things that I sometimes I'm like okay you know and I have running discourses with certain people about you know their situations because I care you know what I mean like I I want to make sure that people are it's like I'm like a mom that's why I call myself yak mom because I'm yeah. just like, I'm like a mom like I want people to feel safe and like keep me updated so yeah the anonymous posts are really where where shit really pops off can I swear yeah. like, yes oh, oh my yeah. god yeah. Go right ahead. Chicken we say pop- fuck a lot on this podcast. Great. Fantastic. And fucking fantastic. Yeah, no, I remember I remember when I was in New York and talking with, you know, different singers and doing different gigs and stuff. And one of them was asking me, like a younger singer, we were talking and she was like, you know, I haven't heard from this blah blah blah, this person. And like, I don't know, do you think I should email them? And that was like the year of me living in New York was like the year of me, like right after that, I was like, we're starting this podcast because it's totally bullshit. The questions that come that are totally valid. I mean, they're valid questions. And it's just like, you can't believe the environment in which you like live in. And I was like, something needs to be done that you feel that you cannot email someone that you auditioned for and wonder when you might hear from them. I mean, it's... Okay, preach, because it's honestly so shocking. And then also, you know, I'll say this. Once I started working as a principal artist, I was like, wow. I mean, I was mad. I started getting anger, like the anger, the residual anger I had I had from being, you know, a young artist and doing programs where I was like totally subverted and like basically trash, like fodder for animals. I don't know. I was trash. <laughs> In the young artist programs, but like as a principal artist, making that kind of money, seeing the way that people respect you, the way that you're treated, all those things, it's like it didn't make it any sweeter, didn't make it any better. Like that I had to go through this shit. I'm just like, no, everybody's been capable the whole time of being a, a fine, upstanding human being and having professionalism. And young artists are made to feel like scum of the earth, and for absolutely no reason. And mm-hmm. the environments that we live in are incredibly anxious young opera singers are always like searching or seeking out this like external validation that they're good enough. And it's like, I wish that I could say you're valid. I wish that I could say like, you know, none of that shit matters. But the reality is 
it does in those situations, doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter to your peers, all those things. It, in those situations, it's very real. Like people are entirely gaslit about their experiences as a young artist. And I think that needs to completely stop. Like we, we deserve to be treated as professionals, as people with degrees, as intelligent human beings. Right. We're capable. I know it, it, it wouldn't be okay if we were 18, but we're not even 18. Like we're, we're like, we're like <laughs> full like humans, like, adult, right? right? Adult. Like, the, the first young arts program I got after this, that whole thing that happened, I was 28, Yeah, you know, like I was 28 and I was treated like I was 17, like 16, 17. Yeah, and I was paid like I, you know, it was worse than the worst restaurant job I'd ever worked, like at any mom and pop shop in the middle of nowhere. You know, I mean, it was horrible. So yeah, yeah I think pe people would sing better. You know, what I'm, you know what I mean? Like if we were yeah. treated with decency and respect, people would feel empowered enough to get up on stage and work through those technical issues, work through those language barriers, work right. through whatever they have going on. Yeah. You know, we don't even have the basic decency to just. Sorry, girl. Let me let me stop because I'm okay. No, no. I it's, please. It's Woo! it's great. I mean, I true. Just, it's really true. It's so true. I mean, I've had I've had a like experiences myself for like companies where I was in the chorus and then later was hired as a principal artist and then maybe in seasons after that ended up in the chorus again just because that was what worked with my schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, but like was happy to just like have work. It was like the whole that night and day thing of like when I was in the chorus, like was treated well or whatever, but was treated like second class citizen. And then as soon as you're a principal artist, like suddenly like everyone talks to you, everyone has things to say to you and wants to be in a conversation and you're visible and like they they act like they see you. And then as soon as you're not a principal artist again, like that shift happens again. It's like, oh, well, no, now you're no longer worth my time to treat you like like a worthwhile human being. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, why? No, like everyone who's getting up on that stage and putting their voice out there and putting their talent out there, they're contributing artistically to this project. Why wouldn't everyone be on the same playing field? Precisely. And I, you know, I hate to say this because Europe is certainly not a utopia in any sense of the word, especially, you know, as an opera singer, like the same, the same systems and, and hierarchies exist there, but in general, the people that are there in these opera houses are doing a job that they are paid a living wage to do. You know, they take it very seriously. You have to be a good musician and you have to be a good colleague. It's really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I think that the systems that are in place here in the United States tend to sort of circumvent that. They tend to sort of focus on who's who rather than who are we, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like, and I, I've been a part of, fortunately, been a part of some ensemble shows that have really brought everybody together in a in a big way. But you never can fully divorce yourself from that exact thing, that exact, you know, I'm a principal artist, you're not. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least in, in Europe, there's the living wage thing, which I think just makes a huge difference because it's viewed as a job. And so, you know, with it being viewed as a job comes you being treated as as someone who is employed versus in the United States especially as like in the yak, you know, or in the yap, look, I'm calling it yak. <laughs> yes, make it a thing, make it a thing. Make it a thing, we are yaks, yes, please. <laughs> but in that environment, like it's not, it's not really seen as a job in the same way at all. And like, there's varying levels of that, which is like already kind of messed up. But like you were saying, I think before, as much as you'd like to say that it's not really a reality, like it is a reality that like, that you are treated differently in that scenario and that there is this hierarchy and it contributes to all, all kinds of fucked up shit that like, thank God we're starting to talk about that. But it's like from everything from as small as I can't email the conductor to why are there no black people in this ensemble? And why is every woman in this um in this ensemble being sexually harassed and no one is talking about it? No one's talking <laughs> about it. Or I've multiple times in my case been in the ensemble of West Side Story and been like, Latinx person here, why the fuck is there a blonde white person singing Maria in a wig? <laughs> it's like comical. At a certain point, you just have to laugh at it. I mean, maybe that's just like my cynicism of my now older age, but I just, it's just funny to me at this point that people have absolutely no clue like 
how to just treat each other with respect and how to do the right thing. It's yeah. like, it's right. really hard. Well, and culturally, right. I mean, especially in the United States, I feel like when we're speaking to this now, I mean, it's just like how conditioned we are as young artists to just give our, all of our power away. 100%. You know, we're just conditioned to give that power away. And then we have to look for that external validation because we don't trust that it's allowed to come from ourselves, you know, and then that just perpetuates these problems too. Like, I wonder what the shift would be if, if all of us who were in the chorus one, like stopped the the narrative, like when people ask us what we're doing and we say, oh, I'm just in the chorus. Yeah. Like change that fucking language now. Wow. Mm-hmm. I need, I need to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, I'm just I'm just a Compra Mario role. It's like no, like Compra Mario this can is like my job, yeah. Fucking steal the show and it's still your job. And like That's if me. you give yourself that power back, like how how would we show up in how would we show up in the, the rehearsal spaces and then maybe, you know, kind of you know, subconsciously start demanding more respect, you know. And it's like, yeah, I wonder what I wonder what it was like, you know, in this sort of golden age. I mean, I, I know that people had an easier time getting a foot in. But also, like, speaking of Compromario Mario singers, you know, a bunch of these old school singers, Anthony Latura, you know, people like that, like, they were phenomenal singers. And they sang in every single opera house across the entire world. The Compromario Mario track was a real career. Mm-hmm. And now you have it going to young artists who are just happy to have the job. And I'm happy that they have jobs. But it's also like, where is the apprenticeship? Where is the real, like, residency where people can actually flesh out their issues with their technique? They're acting the the develop the developmental things that need to go into creating a you know an opera singer start with feeling respected start with feeling like you belong start with feeling secure and safe working with professionals that are supposed to be helping you. This season is sponsored by the Empowered Musician. The Empowered Musician, founded by Dr. Dana Lynn Varga helps musicians to forge their own path with pride. Dana is a fierce advocate for singers and a leader in moving the classical vocal industry forward. Through the EM website, you can read Dana's articles, schedule one-on-one career coachings, book Dana for a speaking engagement, or sign up for her upcoming affordable six-class series called Everything You Need to Know About Entrepreneurship for Singers, which starts on April 10th. The Empowered Musician also has incredible artists on staff, offering voice lessons, musicianship lessons, and both dramatic coachings and repertoire diversification sessions for singers. Voice lessons are available for a wide range of ages, levels, and genres, and their highly sought-after teachers are accessible from anywhere in the world through virtual lessons as well as eventually in-person in multiple cities. Keep an eye out for additional professional development courses, such as Acting for Singers, Body Mapping for Musicians, Intro to Jazz Singing, and more. Be sure to check out www.theempoweredmusician.com. I'm excited for our generation to move up and and hopefully lift up the next, because like, what is the reason that we feel this way? What is the reason that we like have no power? I think it's because it's everything is like shrouded in mystery and there's no transparency. So what I think that Yak like community is helping do and other podcasts like ours and other communities too, they're coming out and they're giving us like concrete tools that get rid of this whole, there's a, there's a complete mystery. Like for me, and I don't know about for you guys, like how I was going to get into the young artist program. It was a mystery. I was just going to do what somebody told me to fucking do until I got in. That's 100% the reason why I made Yak Trekker is that exact reason. I didn't know. Who was going to tell me? Who's going to tell this like, you know, flamboyant gay black boy, like, you know, who with no high notes at the time, you know, like how to, how to get into a young artist program. Like no one was going to fucking tell me that. Like people were always like, you have have potential. Right. And the best voice teachers and the best mentors out there that are older, the best ones just don't even know. So some would pretend like they do. And then the ones that are good, they're just like, I don't know. Right. Also, there's a level of nepotism that sort of like, you know, grandfathers in this idea of like access, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been working with a coach or I've been working with a teacher that's just like, oh, well, you should sing for so-and-so. You should sing for this person. You should sing for that person. They have the connections. But I'm like, okay, so are you going to set it up? Like, are you going to be the person to put my name out there? 
It's like, no, well, you could just, just apply. And I'm like, okay, if I apply, I need to make five arias recordings. They have to be good, right? Like I need to, I need to send them. I then need to get an actual audition. I then actually need to do well in that audition. Right. And you know, like in the cycle repeats. So it shouldn't even be that somebody should say, oh, let me have you sing for this person. And then, and and that's what gets you going. But that is what gets you going. Like a lot of times that is, and then some people slip through the cracks, you know? Right. Well, and, but that's what perpetuates like this lack of access, you know, and perpetuates the elitism, you know? And so like the people with the access to the opportunities are the people who have the resources to pay for expensive teachers, who then are connected to the people in the big houses, you know, but that's why, that's why our opera houses are, our opera houses are diverse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, then also the thing is that there are people in our age group, our, our peers, our colleagues that experience this level of access and don't do anything about it, you know, and I want to hold those people accountable because they, they don't do anything about it. They know how messed up it is that they've gotten the opportunities that they've gotten without the same level of maybe hard work or maybe, you know, chutzpah, let's call it. And, and then they have a shoe in simply for going to Juilliard or simply going to Curtis, like, you know, and other people that didn't have that opportunity are not able to. And th- those people still exist. Like those people are still in our purview. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, it's not that I want to like completely call them out and be like, you know, fuck you, but I would rather bring them into a conversation about like, okay, if you end up in a situation where you're then administrating or you're hiring, you're in a position to hire, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, are you going to be, you're, are you going to have eyes to look for people that maybe not, won't have the same opportunities, but are really, really great singers, you know? Um, have you actually had any of those conversations? I have. Wow. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to name any names, no, no, but I definitely have. I mean, there was a friend of mine in particular. I mean, we stopped talking for a very long time we had gone to, you know, we had gone to school together and they were doing really, really well, both here and internationally. And I was just like, not like yikes, but also like yikes. And the level of privilege was just so immense. So anytime my issues were coming up as a friend, I felt like there's no reason I would talk to you about it. Like, well, how you wouldn't understand, mm-hmm. you understand. And at the time they didn't, they did not understand. So I had to kind of, you know, first of all, cut the tie and then go back and be like, okay, let's have this conversation because this is what I was feeling. And that person was slowly like, oh, I get it. I do get it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time they aren't in the same tract. They don't have the same reality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, any kind of like, you know, white privilege or something like that, where you just, you don't see the ways in which you perpetuate the issue. So- Mm -hmm. It takes someone who, you know, unfortunately, usually people that are in the opposite situation to say like, look, something's wrong here. Let's have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're in a position of power and you become aware of that privilege, like, can you help us make change? Right. Nicely. Who are you going to talk to? Truth to power. Are you going to talk to the director of such and such and such? Are you going to talk about you know, the issues in the young artists program that other people might not feel comfortable? Are you going to create relationships with young artists so that they feel comfortable talking to someone? You know, mm-hmm. like those are really important things. Yeah. I, I don't, to me, it's like second nature, but other people in those situations, it's not because everybody's going to fight themselves. Right. Well, and I mean, and it's this like dichotomy that we see in a lot of these issues too of like, you know, people don't get behind a cause until it affects them, one. But two, like people suffer, I think, and they, if they become successful, right, you, you, you're either one of two people, you're the person who suffers, and is like, well, well, I had to do X, Y, and Z to get to where I am. So you should have to do the same thing, because that's the rite of passage. My life sucked, so should yours. Or you're the person who's like, my life sucked on the way here. And it doesn't have to be like that. So how do I make sure that the people coming up behind me aren't dealing with the same bullshit? Or you don't experience it. So you you just are blind. Yeah, but like everybody, everybody deals with predatory application fees. Now, certainly for some people, those application fees are, they don't even think about the money they spend on application fees because they they don't have to worry. They don't have financial insecurity, you know? So it's not the burden to them that it is for others of us, but. Yeah, I know. No, you're right. I don't know how you don't agree with that, with application fees being done away with. How is that even fathomable? How is it still a thing? Like, I don't know. 
been pretty vocal. I mean, I, I'm, I certainly am not as involved with the Soloist Coalition as I was in the beginning of the pandemic, but gosh, I mean, we've brought it up to AGMA, to companies. Like I had a conversation with the director of LA about it. Like, I was just like, this has got to stop. Like what, how do we, how can, what, what the, sorry. What's your theory? What's, what do you think is like needs to happen? Well, we need to get rid of them because <laughs> because there's no reason people should be spending money to apply to a job. It's a job. Like, right. you know, and I think, well, a couple things need to happen. First of all, the sort of like collegiate extension vibes that happen with certain programs in the B and C level needs to change, needs to revitalize, needs to revamp. They need to open up their age limits also to people that are not only just to make it inclusive, but also to people that like are late bloomers or like their voices are, you know, developing at a slower rate or a different. Or didn't rate. didn't have the have the resources to go to college until they were twenty five. Or didn't have the resources to go to college until they were twenty five. So that's a really important thing. But also like to see, I mean, I could list a million programs that do this, but they sort of like pick up people that are fresh out of college and kind of run them dry they do outreach they do all those shows i mean i did it right like mm -hmm. <laughs> all those shows you know out in the middle of nowhere at some elementary school um and that that has to change and i know that that's a big fundraising opportunity for opera companies but if they're going to do it they need to be transparent about the hiring process and the age range which they're actually looking to hire that way then you know young artists can have the autonomy to say i'm not going to play that program so, you know, it is up to us, again, capitalism, big thing, consumer mentality, it's up to us to put our money where we want it to go, you know, for the time being, because obviously application fees need to disappear. But if we only applied to programs that paid well, that, you know, had safe housing, that were able to like field, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing recently is like all these companies ignoring COVID regulations, right? Like, you know, having a place, Having a place where you feel safe to just go and work is not a big ask. Yeah. Right. Can we please quarantine for two weeks? Can we not just jump into rehearsals? Can the directors wear masks? Like these are things that are coming into my DMs, right? You know, so in the time frame of now, in the immediate action, we need to put our money where we would like it to go. Mm -hmm. So if those companies start, you know, if we, we're paying those application fees to places like Minnesota or Michigan, you know, places like that where where we know that the young artist is going to be treated well, right? at least paid well, right? Then it's like, mm, okay, but the opera company in the bumfuck middle of nowhere that charges $45 for the application fee, don't even give you an audition, don't listen to your materials, all those things. Why right. are we still applying to those places? I know we're desperate for jobs, I but know, if right? we're able to like really streamline it, I mean, that's like, I wish. Yeah, right. no, yeah, no, and I mean, I, I mean, yes, we're all looking for jobs, but those jobs are not even paying like like you were saying like you can even afford to go to one of these because it wasn't going to pay you then where are you going to live when you're done like you're better okay. off like working on yourself focusing on what is good for you for all of the right reasons and not all the whatever other mysterious reasons that people tell you to do and wait for the right thing to come you know yeah 100 percent. Right? yeah i would have been homeless i would have right i was already in a massive amount of credit card debt and, you know, and I wasn't telling my parents that, you know, like I wasn't right. talking to anybody about that. Like I worked in two different coffee shops for less than minimum wage and worked in a restaurant on the weekends. And I still was not able to pay my, you know, $900 rent or whatever I was paying at the time. Right. Right. My loan bills were like $500 a month. It was, not, it was wild. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like opera companies use the excuse of just like, oh, well, we use the money as a way to prevent people from applying who really aren't serious, this, that, and the other. And it's just like, wait a second, you all require pre-screen recordings. Like that takes like so much time and money. Like that alone is enough of a barrier for some people. Like I know people who are like, I have to skip out on audition season this year because I can't afford to make recordings. Um, me, I didn't right. make recordings. This, I mean, I made shitty recordings this year because I was desperate in a last ditch effort because mm -hmm. I needed you know, this is my last year. I'm 30, about to be 31. Right. I know I needed, you know, I needed to like get my stuff out there. I got right. a second round audition, but I just, like, was I proud of the recordings I made? No, because I wasn't able to like, you know, do the whole thing. And people right. would 
right and comments right. about all the all the the mics and the stuff that yeah. they're buying and and then you see people making these fabulous videos. Yeah. How does that make you feel? You know, right. like I appreciate the handful of companies that I saw who were just like, only use your phone. Yeah. We don't want to see a polished, beautiful microphone piece. Like everyone has to use their phone because we want to have a consistency of quality so that it doesn't like make the playing field unlevel if you don't have access to fancy recording equipment. Yeah. You know, and so like Opera Southwest was one of them. They were like phone recording only. Like, use your phone camera, use your phone audio, don't mess with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Here's the thing, too, is like opera companies, they could, I, to me, they could do something so simple to, to prevent the landslide of applications they say they're going to get, you know, just as simply as like, fucking announce your season in the audition announcement. I'm a soubrette. I'm not going to apply to audition for you if you're fucking doing Tosca. Like, I won't. Because I I can't cover Tosca, yeah. but like if you're doing Magic Flute and you're doing you know Bohem, all right, I'll audition for you. But like uh-huh. I know not like yeah. singers are smart enough to know like oh hey, this thing isn't in my fuck. I'm not a good candidate for this program. But instead they're just like oh we'll decide later. It's like well no wonder you get five thousand applications because no one knows whether they're the right fit for you or not. People cast a wide net like just mm-hmm. to be sure they have something you know right, right. Um, and i don't blame them i don't blame them yeah i'm season. curious what you think about yap tracker ah uh, you're gonna get me in trouble <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble i'm already in trouble <laughs> <Not the> yap tracker <laughs> oh no we don't like we have a whole episode on on yap tracker and how like i did listen to that actually it's gotten out of control i mean okay so i have so I have a lot of thoughts about this because I obviously point blank, yeah, cracker, okay. But then also I was working for a pay to sing program in Italy, you know, one of these cash cows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible for my soul, but it, you know, it paid some bills and they were nice people. And I, I had signed there as a principal artist, you know, as a guest artist. And I was like, you know what? I love them there. They need help. They need a new website. Like I'll do it. So mm-hmm. I I had to post some things. This was like a two years in a row. So it was like really I was in there for a year, season to season, and I had to make two separate posts and yeah. Okay. And my interactions with Yap Tracker were so frustrating, so like mind-blowingly. Do you realize it costs companies like five hundred some dollars to make one of those special post things yeah, the go. featured ones the featured ones right yeah five hundred dollars five hundred dollars i didn't know i knew i know it costs but i didn't know but like let's think about it right so if you're la opera five hundred dollars is like okay like that's an advert that's very low for an advertising fee mm-hmm. if you're such and such company like the one i was working for or a smaller opera company that's a significant ask for advertising and on top of that, you don't really get much else. Like you get put in like the little feed that they go out, you know, goes out overnight, the, you know, the listserv email. But other than that, like you're on the featured thing for a little while and that's about it. And if you notice, there are a whole bunch of posts on, on Yap Tracker that are like application deadline soon, like da 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 da. Those companies are paying out the ass to like be there. So, I kind of, for a minute there, I was like, you know what? Okay, if those companies are charging application fees, I kind of understand. It just kind of evens itself out. But then I was like, no, again, people shouldn't be applying to jobs and having to pay for it. And then I realized, no, the issue is Yap Tracker. Like the issue is that it should be a place I don't think should have a monopoly over audition listings in general. Um, in general, I think we need to have other places that are, you know, that have a lister for auditioning that are free. And then on top of that, like, Yap Tracker is making $55 from everybody every year. Mm-hmm. The advertising fees, the membership fees, the application fees, of which a portion goes to Yap Tracker. Mm-hmm. They take five bucks. They're taking a bunch of money. Yeah. Well, it's, you're, you said the word that I was going to say. It's a monopoly. It's like it started, it was a great thing. It's a, it is a great thing that it exists because it didn't exist for a long time. 
Yeah. And it's time for another one. It's time for somebody to make another one because it's just a monopoly and this is I'm like trying to. It's like <laughs> I want Yak Tracker. Right. Like right. Yak Tracker to be. Like I want it to be this place where people can like, you know, fucking, you know. Come. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, you know. Find out. Yeah. I mean, I'm on backstage for free. I just have a free subscription for backstage and I get the listserv email every day specific to my location. But it doesn't have the classical auditions. No, but like my point is, is if backstage oh, oh. can function and give everyone audition postings. Yeah. You know, right. and it doesn't cost me anything to get access to jobs because it's illegal. Yeah. Like Yap Tracker needs to function the same way. Well, and I mean, like, I feel like for myself, and I think we probably said this on the earlier episode, like I wouldn't mind paying the $55 a year if that meant that Yap Tracker was going to do their due diligence and just like, oh, well, if you're an opera company that, that requires people to submit a video or audio to your pre-screen audition, you cannot mark that person's audition as heard and give a, a, a an accept or deny answer until you've listened to the audio or you've listened to the video. They could do that. They, they, really could, they can do whatever, but it's 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 the Wild West now. And they didn't start as we're going to be the resource for the classical world to find auditions. They didn't, you know, who, who would have thought? And it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I just think, just get a new one. Jordan, I, we're, we're yeah. there. We're, we're there. there. Okay, good. Yeah, I really want to like, I mean, because the Yak Tracker website is pretty much done. I sold some merch so that I could have could afford the you know the uh the server fees and everything so you know so that's all up Big shout out to jen Lindsay because she bought a bunch of mugs love you jen is great jen you paid for the website <laughs> you know so so that's the thing but i really want it to be a place where i'm gonna offer companies to just do a free listing and like you know if they like we're gonna have rules you know like you have to like I mean, I could do it through the website. I could have people upload audio and video through the website. That's kind of a hassle in terms of like storage. But right. if we were just have like a normal process and, you know, just be transparent about the fact that there is absolutely no application fee. There's no like, you know, maybe I might charge people like, I don't know, 20 bucks to like put up a listing, but certainly not 250 to $500 for a listing for, you know, Trentino Music Festival right. that, you know, is fortunate to get like 18 to 22 year olds that are you know involved in the program like i just don't think it makes sense you know no yeah it's just turned in yeah it, it really has turned into whoever wants to be on there and whoever is to the highest bidder you know right. and that and that's not what we need right that's not what we need as singers so that's not what right. we need. also there are other ways to make money on a website like you could have you know google ads like i mean people, whatever like put ads on your website that don't have anything to do with classical music i mean or advertise the ones that can afford it, like, you know, like Opera News or Opera Wire or, or like any of these online uh, publications that can afford the, the advertising fees or even the large opera companies, you know, like yeah. those make sense. Right. Or even the companies, yeah. even the companies who would be courting young artists in terms of like, hey, we are an audio editing company or like Conduit Studios mm -hmm. or like any of those people who like, right. Would yeah. because basically it's just all come falling back to the singer, like in the other way, because, you know, it's like, these uh, the people that are trying to get those paid for are like the pay to sings or whatever that the singers just wind up paying for and they're like we just need to pay so that the singers pay so that we can and it's like it all falls back on the singer again it's <laughs> silly it all falls back on the singer like we have to pay the it sort all of falls like back on the yeah the reparative cost of, of right. advertising to us it's bad business strategy bad business strategy Bad business strategy, y'all. Like, yeah. well, I'm excited for for the growth and the to see what happens with Yak Tracker, and and that was like I wanted to know, you know, what what is the future? What what is in store for us with Yak Tracker? What is in store is an app. Okay, um, I'm definitely yeah. I'm trying to make an app that's a lot like. Well, I mean, there really isn't anything like it, if I have to be honest. There's okay. only nothing like it. <laughs> really nothing like it in the universe. Yeah, I'm trying to make an app. I'm working with a few people that are, you know, colleagues and also do this for a living. So so that, you know, they have our best interests in mind. Obviously, it's really, really expensive to hire a programmer and to do the whole thing. I am certainly not qualified to do that. I am trying to figure out a way to do it as like you know the most cost effective cost efficient way for me 
as like an individual mm-hmm. <laughs> who has plenty of responsibilities as well as my own career. So that yeah, you- it might take a minute, but that's the future of what I'm doing. The website will be live, I want to say like April-ish. Um, that's going to be pretty basic member. There'll be like member content area where you can kind of like Yap Tracker, there's going to be a dedicated email, not nightly, but probably monthly. And then we'll have like, you know, a member area where people can like leave comments, kind of like Reddit, like a little, you know, chain yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of comments. And that's, that's going to be the sort of like bare bones version of the website. Eventually I'd like to, again, like I said, have some kind of audition listings. And then I also am going to put up all of the documentation I have, you know, about pay to things, pay for different programs, Right. The PFO tracker will hopefully be on there so people don't have to like dig through the shit on- save, all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, it would be, it would be cool if like it had the programs had uh, like an Amazon star rating. Like a Yelp kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, like a rate my professor. And so like, you could be like, oh, LA Opera is young artist program. Oh, it's got five out of five stars or 3.2 from its previous people. I, yeah. So I, <laughs> I would love to do that, but I have a feeling that many people would be quite dishonest. I mean, depending on their experience. I mean, but also people's ex- experiences are valid. So, you know, I want to keep that in mind, but also like. I know it's tough. Oh, you know, yeah, I, would be or like- I didn't get cast as fucking Cavardossi. So I would be like. <laughs> Theater is a mess. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I feel like there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to work like rate my professor in terms of like valid, like verifying that people have like actually participated in the program. Yeah. In some way that then allows them also to retain their anonymity in terms of oh, yeah. information about companies going up, so that people can read and be like, "Hey, here's the experience of past singers who have been here to find out if this is the right fit for you." The more transparency that we can have, like over time, the less likely those will be so scathing. <laughs> and so, like, like, right? Because it's gonna like, hold. It's gonna hold the companies to a higher standard for sure. It will, and I mean, I, I right now, I mean, three thousand people is a decent chunk. So, I mean, I'd like to expand it I, to really. I, I'm trying to, if you can, help me, world, and also both of you, you know, get more collegiate and, and graduate school young artists involved, you know, because I they're on there, but they're quiet because a lot of the times I think there's a, and I've, I get DMs about it. There's a bit of intimidation around, you know, there's like high level young artists, whatever the fuck name, Whose names we all know. Yeah. Names we all know in the group. And so, you know, people can be a little intimidated by that, but I really try to, now lately I've been, you know, telling telling people to submit anonymously about their programs that they're in and you know their professors we had an anon that went super viral with this talk mm-hmm. about, about a voice teacher mm-hmm. you know so that kind of thing I really am trying to encourage I want to include them in the conversation as much as possible because I want to get the kitties together yes as long as possible so. right because yes, if they're yes. on board when they leave grad school they're gonna say fuck this bullshit <laughs> they leave high school honey yeah they're, they're applying to programs i want them to go on to good old yak mom's website and be like yeah. you know yeah. i know that the program at rice there are these people that work there currently i can ask young artists who work with them or you know i can see the trajectory of people that yeah. work, you know like mm-hmm. totally you know, totally where they end up and you know so they can make educated decisions about their education right right amazing amen well, well, we're going to, we have more to talk, discuss, but for now, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. And like, this was amazing information. I feel like we could go on for hours and hours, <laughs> yeah. but we have, we have the announcement, you know, this soft announcement that we're looking forward to what's coming in April and we'll, we'll have to have you on for a coffee chat or something Absolutely. so that we can start talking about that and. I'm like all for it. Hey, it'll be when I start auditioning again. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I let I let my Yap Tracker lapse back in March when it came back up again. I was like, fuck this noise. I don't need it. It's also a fucking pandemic. Yeah. And opted out of opted out of audition season entirely this year, except for Opera Southwest. Good for you. And I have never been so much less stressed to not get that fucking email every day and be like, all oh, these places I have to apply for who don't want a 35-year-old spread. Anyway. Hey, hey. So. Hey, girl it's gonna be fine i mean good for you i i did it and i had a headache the whole time so but i would love to get happily joined audition notices from a place that is welcoming and holistic oh good 
Wonderful. <laughs> well, I, yeah, so the audition, the, the listings will come later, but definitely I'm going to get all the documentation up on right, the web. The resources, yeah. Resources yeah. first. And that's, yeah, like I said, bare bones, you know, for the moment. But yeah, soft opening in April. Be there. Amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we'll share all his socials and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you want to say it out loud, where can yeah, people find so, you? Yeah, people can find me. Me, uh, me personally, I'm at at Tenor Jordan W Pitts. That's my like professional thing. Which they're both. The reason I made that one is so that it could link to my website. Let's be real, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my website. So, and then Jordan at Jordan W Pitts is my is me personally, and then at Yak Tracker. So we have you know follow us on Instagram, Twitter, everything. Okay. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's it for today. This podcast was created for all the opera singers out there getting shit done. So keep on keeping on, people. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review it to help spread the word. You can also support the podcast through Patreon, where you can get early access to episodes, merchandise discounts, workshops and resources, and ad-free episodes. And you did hear that right, people. We now have merch. Find out more about all of this at mysocalledoperalife.com. Still can't get enough of us and want to add your voice to the conversation? Join us for our weekly coffee chats every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on Instagram Live at MSCOL Podcast. This podcast is produced and hosted by Elise Mark and Marcel McGurk and edited by Joshua Wise. Questions or comments? Email us at info at mysocalledoperalife.com. This season, we're sponsored by Conduit Studios. Marcel, how's the technology going for you? Uh, I don't know about you, Elise, but I am stressed out about tech on top of everything else in this fucking pandemic. Agreed. Conduit Studios is a production company that specializes in high-quality video and audio capture for creatives, run by musicians who understand your artistic needs. They offer high-quality, dynamic, multi-camera performance capture, which is perfect for concerts, auditions, live streams, and more. They are in an affordable and accessible way to elevate your digital presence. You can enjoy a low-stress, relaxed environment to record in so you can focus on your art, and they'll take care of the rest. Conduit Studios is based in Southern California, but they service many clients nationwide. Visit conduitstudiosmedia.com for more information or to schedule a session.